0: Now, two full hours. More Reese means more coffee.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is, as always, 7.07 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, May the 23rd. Just like clockwork, rolling out the door at 7.07, I am Reese Boyd, local attorney here in Myrtle Beach with the firm of Davis & Boyd Attorneys at Law. I'm your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. Welcome to the show. At Saturday Morning Coffee, we invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee. Join us as we talk about the news, current events, everything happening in your world, all the things that we think you need to know here at Saturday Morning Coffee. We are all about limited government, lower taxes, and restoring freedom and order to this craziness going on in the world around us. All of that means more freedom for you and for me and all of us who are we the people. Now more than ever, we've got a country uh, to save friends, and it starts right here on the local level, starts right here in the studio here at WTKN 94.5 and Saturday Morning Coffee. Hope that coffee is ready. Hope you guys are ready. It's been a great week, and uh, look forward to uh, unpacking some of the events of the week with you guys this morning. We'll not have a chance to get to everything, but we'll do our best uh, today. As you guys know, two hours Fly by. I've got a couple of interviews coming up for you guys uh, this morning. Uh, first in the uh, first hour, John Gulman, candidate for uh, state senate, uh, will be joining us to talk about his campaign for South Carolina Senate District Thirty Three. Also in the second hour, we'll be joined by Reverend Jim Wilkins, who is the uh, president of S- uh, Soda, which is Stop Offshore Drilling in the Atlantic. Mm uh reverend wilkins is going to join us to talk about uh what is going on with soda and what and bring us up to date on the issue of offshore drilling so we look forward to that interview and uh, that'll be coming up as i said in the second hour it is of course memorial day weekend we're going to be talking a bit about that uh today and of course here in the studio on this fine memorial day weekend of saturday morning coffee i'm joined by none other than producer extraordinaire glenn Dye. glenn good morning good morning how, How are on? you, sir? I'm
2: awesome, man. How are you
1: doing? I'm well. It's a beautiful out there. I, I won't you know, deny I wouldn't mind sleeping another hour or two <laughs> this morning, um, but uh, it was. it's a beautiful morning out. I'm glad to be out, glad to be here in the studio talking with our listeners, uh, sharing a cup of coffee with our friends here at Saturday Morning Coffee. Beautiful day outside. 69 okay?
2: degrees right now, and we're expecting sunshine with some chance of uh, showers rolling through this evening again. And that goes to the same for tomorrow.
1: Same for tomorrow. Yeah. So, but pretty,
2: hey, I've planted grass seed, man, so
1: come on, rain. Pretty decent weekend. We could use a little rain, yeah. and so long as we get some sun here and there. Yeah. Any plans for Memorial Day? Uh, not, n- I won't be in a crowd. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing really as, happening. As Dr. Scarf has said. Yeah, the yeah. normal events, we would normally have a weekend that would be sort of peppered with yeah. parades and gatherings and, and, and all sorts of things, and it's sort of a subdued, uh, Memorial Day weekend which and Memorial Day for me has always been kind of a somber holiday. Yeah. Anyway, although Liz Callaway and Nick, you know, yeah. they've got the food I to, drive today. I want to point out we're doing yeah. that. We'll be out there Saturday morning coffee will be out there. We'll have some t-shirts if y'all want to come join us. Uh that is uh later this morning we're meeting at the uh, hang on a second. If you got the address Glenn, let me pull that up. It's uh you know light. what I I should, but I Not, don't. Well, you should. I've got I, I can't I can't standbys. be there. I'll be, I'll be working. You'll be working. Yeah. You'll be working, but uh, uh, the uh, Saturday morning coffee truck will uh, will be there. It is at Food Lion on 3501 Beltair Boulevard in uh, Myrtle Beach. That, of course, is just off 501 and uh, there at the Arrowhead section. And we'll be meeting there at about 1130 and uh, probably departing around noon, I believe, is what Liz said. And we'll be making the loop, the traffic loop. And, of course, the uh, ultimate objective is to uh, celebrate... Uh, It's a rolling Trump rally. Of course, it's interesting. There's a story here, of course, many of you have heard. It was a rolling Trump rally. Then Liz got put in Facebook jail for trying to promote and boost her Trump rally event. And then she switched it to an Obama rally, which was immediately approved by Facebook. And then we decided to test the, uh, test the waters, and I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing what was a long and eventful week. We also, uh, she also put an application in for a Biden rally and food drive, which also was uh, put on uh, hiatus or intermittent uh, non-approval by Facebook. So we were trying to figure out exactly <laughs> what the censorship Nazis at Facebook are up to, and uh, there is... Uh, There is, uh, you know, still a bit of a mystery there for us. I was uh, talking with Liz uh, this week. We were trying to figure out exactly what was going on with Facebook. We were debating at one point whether we might have a a big lawsuit on our hands. But in any event, the Trump-Obama-Biden food drive and rally, which is really the rolling Trump rally and food drive, (laughs) will be happening today at 1130. So we hope you guys can join us uh, for that. We've got a text in from Augie on our uh, PCRX text line. Augie says there is also the uh, Memorial Murph Challenge. It's a great way to honor the fallen. Check out the website, uh, Memorial Day Murph. And uh, Augie, I'm not familiar with that. So I'm not either. Sh- shoot me a web link if you would. and um, Or we can Google uh, Memorial Day Murph. I'll try to do that. Uh, yeah during the break and so but coming up today we're gonna be talking a little bit about memorial day so a lot of those events i heard something uh glenn about a sort of a virtual uh memorial day celebration honoring our uh fallen uh veterans in myrtle beach but i I never saw anything specific about that i heard a rumor about some sort of i don't know some sort of online event yeah i hmm. did not hear never got any uh specifics on that so we will be talking a little bit more about, um, about uh, Memorial Day today. I had an interesting revelation uh, this week as I prepared for the show, and you guys can reflect on this uh, with me, and I'd love to have your comments. Um, Memorial Day, to me, this year has a new feeling, mm-hmm. a new dynamic, Absolutely. like so many things. Yeah. So many things feel a little bit different uh, now. And even as we sort of start to put the pieces, get back to what we think is normal, I'm going to say it: the new normal. I hate that. Y'all go ahead and shoot me now. The (laughs) new normal, and we're trying to figure out what that is. And um, uh, (laughs) Augie has now sent us a link to uh, Memorial Day Murph. All right, I'll check that. I'll check that out. Uh, why we do the Murph? All right, very interesting. Okay, so Google this, folks. Memorial Day Murph, and we'll check that out. Augie's uh, Augie's contributing to our show right here on the fly. So uh, that's the way we roll here at Saturday Morning Coffee. It's a coffee shop. We're talking, and uh, it's a two way street. So y'all let us know what you think. Uh, I Google, I see a, a a a picture. It says why we do the Murph, Augie. Man. But uh, in any event, I can't get any further than that. So Man. I will. um be talking to you guys about Memorial Day it's taken on a kind of a new dynamic for me this week I feel like I was thinking about the history of Memorial Day and wanted to and was reflecting on you know Memorial Day arose after the Civil War and I was thinking about um, the address the famous address obviously that was given during the Civil War by Abraham Lincoln And one of the things that occurred to me that I never really thought about is I kept thinking about those honored dead and Lincoln's references throughout the Gettysburg Address to those honored dead. And more particularly, I I honed in on what Lincoln said about the unfinished work that remains before us and i don't know if you guys have thought about that lately but i thought about it in kind of a new light but i don't know if you guys know this memorial day of course is an american holiday observed the last monday of may and which is coming up this monday honoring the men and women who died while serving in the u.s military memorial day 2020 occurs this monday may 25 originally known as decoration day it originated in the years following the civil war and it became an official federal holiday not until 1971 i didn't know that Mm. Do you know that? I did not. I did not know that. I either. was young. Many Americans, yes, we were all we were all young once. Yeah. Many Americans observed Memorial Day by visiting cemeteries, holding family gatherings, etc. Of course, while social distancing this year, according to Dr. Burks, the Civil War, which ended in 1865, claimed the lives of more than any conflict in U.S. history and required the establishment of the nation's first national cemeteries. By the late 1860s, Ameri- Americans in various towns had become holding springtime tributes in those cemeteries, honoring the fallen. Soldiers. It is unclear exactly where the tradition originated. Numerous uh, communities count themselves as sort of the originators of the event. Interestingly enough, some records show that one of the earliest Memorial Day commemorations was organized by a group of freed slaves in Charleston less than a month after the Confederacy surrendered in 1865. Nevertheless, in 1966, the federal government recognized waterloo new york as the official birthplace of memorial day waterloo which first celebrated memorial day on may 5 1866 was chosen because it hosted an annual community-wide event during which businesses were closed and residents decorated uh, the graves of soldiers with flowers and flags so a little memorial hmm. day tradition there for you guys and i you know for me more, memorial day has always been kind of a somber event but i As I was thinking back to Memorial Day and the origins of Memorial Day and the Civil War, and then I was thinking about uh, Lincoln's famous address at Gettysburg, and I was thinking about the unfinished work that he refers to. It is for us, the living, rather, to be here dedicated to the unfinished work that remains before us. Hmm. And I was reminded, y'all, with a renewed sort of urgency, that the American Revolution is a continuing effort. And we see tyranny rising up around us. In 2020, we see state governors rising up and picking up uh, tyrannical reins of power. And the American Revolution is an ongoing. We must continue to stand up and fight. And there is unfinished work that remains before us in 2020, just as it was before us in 1863 when Lincoln spoke at Gettysburg. And we have to remain vigilant and we have to continue the unfinished work that remains before us. If we lose our freedom, if we surrender our liberty to a bunch of tin pot dictator governors in 2020, then as Lincoln said at Gettysburg, these honored dead have died in vain. So something to think about. We'll get to more of that after these words from our sponsors. Thanks for joining us, y'all. We'll be right back after these words. Stick around. We'll be back. Don't leave town.
0: Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.
3: airplane, and Lenny's Bruce is not afraid.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I am Reese Boyd, your host, and it is seven twenty-three on your Saturday morning, Saturday, May the twenty-third, two thousand twenty. Hope everybody's doing well. It is the end of the world as we know it, and. I feel fine. Uh, That must mean it's time for another coronavirus update, of course. Um, And uh, just to bring you guys up to date on the numbers, according to Johns Hopkins, as published by the Wall Street Journal as of 6 p.m. yesterday, there are 5,121,639 confirmed cases of COVID 19 worldwide and current worldwide fatalities. Uh, amount to 333,323. I thought that was an unusual number. Uh, new cases in the United States since uh, the daily total as of yesterday afternoon is 25,905. Total confirmed U.S. cases now are standing at 1.5 million. Actually, 1,577,758. There were... 1,380 deaths in the U.S. on Friday, and uh, there were uh, then, with that additional amount, there are now 94,729 total U.S. fatalities thus far. I was anticipating that we might hit the 100,000 mark this past week, but the number... Uh, the rate seems to be trailing down, and so we did not. We're at ninety five thousand. That's a good thing. Yeah, that's a very <laughs> yeah, good we'll thing. Trump has announced. Uh, I'm sure many of you have heard that Trump announced that when the death toll hits the one hundred thousand dollar mark, he's going to order all flags to be flown at uh, half staff that's for that. some period of time.
2: So well, I can guarantee you something, Reese. Guarantee me something, Glenn. If next year at this time, three hundred sixty five days from today. We will not be in the position we're in right now. This no. will never happen again.
1: No, we will. Well, do we know that? I, I'm, I, I, I have mean, to I, believe, pray,
2: I pray that you are correct. I have to believe. And um, if it comes down, my opinion has been for lately that if it comes down to the virus coming through again, if everybody, I mean, it'd been cheaper for the government to send everybody masks a long time ago, but everybody gets a mask they go on about their business. The 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 elderly and the people with compromised immune systems and other problems they they stay home. Yeah. but we go about our business and we don't shut down our country again. That's what I'm saying. I, I oh, I hope I uh, don't see uh, it happening. We again.
1: cannot, you know, the unemployment numbers y'all you know, now uh, trickling very close to forty million unemployed Americans.
2: And our economy was great.
1: It was. It was we the were best it's ever been. The best it's ever been and since we've been terrible. since we've been keeping records yeah. and they have destroyed it. And I want you all to think about this. Um, the Democratic Party, the Democratic two people have, who has benefited from all this. I always, you know, think about I'm a, I'm a student of behavioral economics. And when things like this happen, it's always uh, useful to look in the rearview mirror and think, ask ourselves, who has benefited from all of this chaos? Well, the Kennedy Center got twenty-five million. The Kennedy Center got twenty-five million. They went Uh, at eighty, though, didn't they? Planned Parenthood got got some. Harvard got some. I mean, there. But who has really benefited? If you think about this, are the Democratic Party and the Chinese Communist Party? I mean, China has benefited Mm -hmm. from all of this, this pandemic. Yeah. I mean, how China? I don't even want to speculate about the military implications, but China has managed to do to us. In a, and I, and I use that term loosely, I realize there are some that would maintain this is all just an act of God, and the mm-hmm. virus just happened, and mm-hmm. there 's nothing that anybody could have done about it we 'll talk about that more. You know, there were two questions that we outlined as central uh, to this uh, that, that have really been eating at me glenn and and friends last week we didn't we talked uh, significantly about one what, what, the first question was, what will we do in November? when COVID-19 2.0 returns, which some speculate that it will. And Glenn, you have just said uh, that this thing will come, that we will never do this again. And I I pray that you are correct. Um, Because one of the things that I have said on this program, as you know, and I've said it, uh, we were speaking about it just yesterday on Liz's uh, morning drive show, is one of the things that we cannot do, you know, this instance is, Proving this episode is proving how much we don't know, and how much of this policy has been based on models that were drastically flawed, assumptions yeah. that were drastically flawed, and we've made a lot of. As you've said, we've destroyed our economy hmm. based on what, and and now we have data. We have to analyze that data, and we have to be prepared. I think ultimately where we come down to, even in New York, um, even in New York, Glenn, you have people saying. This must stop. This lockdown, look at the New York Post. This has to stop. And I think, hopefully, where we come down to when this comes around. We, the element of fear will not be as pronounced right. because we will have been through this before. And we will just do what we have always done. We will use common sense. Mm-hmm. We will do what we should have done from the beginning. When which is,
0: people get the flu,
2: man, that's what we do.
1: Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly what you said. We will use common sense. We yeah. will socially distance. We will wear masks. You know, I want to remind you all, the, the Surgeon General just a few months ago was saying, seriously, people, stop buying masks. Yeah. But... We will wear masks. We will isolate the people who are most vulnerable. But for the rest of us who are statistically not at risk, and we are not, right. we will continue about our business, and we will preserve the way of life. We will preserve freedom for those of us who can continue to keep up the mission. We will treat it more like the flu, I believe. I hope but, so.
2: But now the masks thing has come into play. We never, as a society... You know, when the flu came around, we rarely, you really had to have an immune comp- you know, compromised immune system or elderly to wear a mask at, in the past. Yeah. It's going to be more common now, more common. It will place. be much more common. And I think there ought to be a box in everybody's house that says, you know,
1: here's your government issued masks. Yeah. Let's get some N95 really good mask into people's hands. And I, I don't disagree. Everybody, I mean, I'm all about using common sense. Yep. But the, the lockdowns cannot go on Mm -hmm. these knuckleheads in california who say we have to lock down until there's a vaccine or even uh some have said you know we we have to lock down until there are no more new cases that's crazy yeah crazy so anyway folks that's uh we'll, we'll talk a little bit more the other question we didn't get to which we want to get to this week is will china be held to account for its role in contributing to this pandemic. And we'll get to that. But right now we're going to take a commercial break to hear from our sponsors. When we come back, uh, we'll get back to it. Stick around. We'll be right back with more Saturday morning coffee. Don't leave town.
0: 843-798-TALK. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.
1: Hi everybody, it's Attorney Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour here on WTKN. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis and Boyd, Attorneys at Law here in Myrtle Beach. These are certainly trying and uncertain times for individuals, families, and businesses here along the Grand Strand. Please know that our team of professionals at Davis and Boyd stands ready to assist you with all of your personal and business legal needs. So if we can assist you in any way, give us a call at 839-9800. That's Davis and Boyd, Attorneys at Law.
0: You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday Morning Coffee on Talk 94.5.
4: Can't keep my hands to myself. All, put a makeup up on the shelf and kiss my little baby garland's elite. I'm a comet out of love, field. Ooh, I'm a rebel, just for kicks now. I've been feeling it since 1966, now.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I am Reese Boyd, your host. Joined here in the studio is uh, joining me in the studio here is Glenn Dye, producer extraordinaire. <laughs> Thank you all for uh, joining us. It is seven thirty-five on your Saturday morning, Saturday, May twenty-third, twenty twenty, and I'm remiss this morning. In the intro, I did not give you guys the call-in numbers. We do invite you guys to join the program and participate. The call-in line is 843-903-2945. That's 843-903-2945. You can also text us on the PCRX text line. That is 843-798-TALK. 843-798-8255. Augie has joined us, as I said earlier, on the pcrxcomputers.com text line this morning. And you can also tweet your host. You can tweet me, follow the show, if you will, on social media. The Twitter handle is at Reese Boyd. If you follow us on Twitter, you will also get a link to the podcast episodes when the podcast is pushed. So you'll be able to go back and listen to these delightful episodes at your leisure. If there's something you'd like to go back and check uh, or listen to again, or if you miss an episode, you'll be able to follow us on the podcast. We also invite you to email your comments to us. For those of you who like to email, you can email us at uh, Reese Boyd, SMC. Reese Boyd, SMC, at gmail.com. You can also reach me during normal business hours. Many of you call the office, and I enjoy a hearing from Saturday Morning Coffee listeners. The offices of Davis and Boyd, of course, is the office I refer to, Attorneys at Law. You can reach me there Monday through Friday at 843-839-9800. But we do invite you to join the show anytime. At the on the call-in line or through the pcrx.com, computers.com text line. Right now, we've got a guest who has joined us here in the studio through the magic of uh, telephony, and uh, he is John Gallman. He is a candidate for South Carolina Senate District 33. John wanted to come on the show today, give us an update about his campaign, and we're going to talk with him a little bit about the upcoming Republican primary here in South Carolina on June 9, just coming up around the corner So, uh, John's been out campaigning for uh, State Senate, and uh, we wanted to get a few words in with him about his campaign. John, can you hear me?
5: I can hear you, Reese. Thanks for having me.
1: Certainly. Glad glad to uh, have you with us here on the program. Thanks for joining us for your morning cup of coffee. How are you doing this morning?
5: I'm doing great. Doing great, man. Thank you so much. I was telling Glenn while I was holding, I sincerely appreciate what you and him are doing Uh, to restore liberty here in the great independent Republic of Horry County. Amen. You guys uh, nailed it, man. We've been through some unusual times with this COVID-19. But on June the 9th, it cannot be business as usual. It's time for us to bring some change and restore the Republic and the liberty to the people here in Horry County. And that's what we plan on doing on June the 9th.
1: Yeah. How is the campaign going? Uh, John, give us a little bit of an update. I've heard about some things you're doing, but I know it's obviously been a challenge to campaign during – uh, COVID-19 and all of these lock, lockdown, stay-in-place uh, restrictions. How's that been for you?
5: It's, it's been going really well, Reese. I tell you, one of the things uh, that the COVID-19 crisis just put to the forefront of, I think, everyone's mind, all of a sudden, this just became the most important election of our lifetime. And what I mean by that is we have an economy here in Horry County, That is in the intensive care. And if we don't do something really quickly, uh, it's going to be on life support. And so we've had to adjust what we've, what our, we've had to adjust our strategy in terms of our campaigning. But that's one of the things that John Gallman brings to the table is a unique approach whereby I'm able to adapt and adjust and make decisions no matter what the circumstances are to make sure that we can get our message out there. And that's what we've done recently. And I think that's what separates me from the other candidates. I've been a partner at a Fortune 400 company for the last 16 years, Edward Jones Investments, and coming out of this COVID-19 crisis, we're going to need some common-sense business leadership to get this economy back up and running, and I'm the guy that can do that.
1: Let me ask you this question. You, you raise a point. You say fighting the good fight, and that's what we try to do here in this uh, studio every Saturday. That's, we do it around the clock with this show and other shows. But the the fight to restore liberty, and it really did strike me this weekend as I thought about Memorial Day and Lincoln's words, John, about the unfinished work that remains before us and how liberty is really in retreat. You read about churches in Illinois, and California, and even in North Carolina, the governor trying to shut churches down and do various things. You know, we're, we're letting rapists out of jail, but we're locking up the hairdressers. I mean, that to me, I, I, I mean, I, I'm struggling to get my hands around, my arms around some of them. And, and it's not just one or two things here and there. Many things happening across this country, and there really is – a great deal of unfinished work that remains before us to protect liberty. How will you, John Gallman, if you're elected to the Senate, what will you do as a senator to help fight for liberty?
5: That's a wonderful wonderful question, Reese. Uh, you know, we live in a postmodern culture today where moral ethical relativism rules the day. And we have a government that has been choosing winners and losers in business. And I went out and did a Facebook Live. In fact, it'll be three Sundays this Sunday and stood over in the T-Bones parking lot right where Lowe's Lowe's is located here on 21st Avenue in in Myrtle Beach. And my point in doing that was to say, here we are on a Sunday afternoon, and the parking lot at Lowe's was absolutely packed. And T-Bone's restaurant was not allowed to operate with any patrons inside, whether it would have been social distancing, whether it would have been having plexiglass up to prevent the spread of the virus, whether it would have been having hand sanitizer required at the front door, they just shut them down altogether, Reese. Meanwhile, steps away, you had thousands of people going in and out of Lowe's. The parking lot was packed. The way we're going to restore the liberty is to get the government out of the way and allow the people to have the freedom that we were intended to have. And that's what our country was founded on, was the ability for us to be a free people to pursue life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And, you know, one of the first things we're going to do to restore liberty, and I think it's one of the greatest injustices in in our state, is we're going to pass pro-life legislation to give the unborn the right to life. That's one of the first things we're going to do, Mm Reese.
1: And and is there any particular... uh legislation that you'll advance in that uh, any, any any specifics you'd have in that regard any any uh, particular legislation that you would uh, sponsor or support?
5: Absolutely you know our current our current senator has been blocking the heartbeat bill and not it's not allowed us to have a roll call vote and in fact back in February on February 5th I went down to Columbia and I had a conversation with Senator Shane Massey and I said to Senator Shane Massey, I said, listen, we need to have a roll call vote on this pro-life legislation. And Senator Shane Massey said, you know, John, I don't know how we're going to be able to avoid that because of all the pressure that we have felt uh, from the constituents throughout South Carolina requesting a roll call vote on the heartbeat bill. But our current senator has blocked pro-life legislation for 27 years, and it's just unacceptable. It really is. So, Reese... You know, to answer your question directly, I would call for a roll call vote on the heartbeat bill the first week that I'm in session. I would also uh, sponsor a personhood bill. Uh, we need to protect the unborn, and you know, certainly the heartbeat bill is a step in is a step in the right direction uh, to provide uh, to provide uh, liberty for those that are unborn. And when you talk about restoring liberty, how about this, Reese? You know, the the, the reality is. Um, you know, if we're not too careful, they're going to try to come take our guns. You know, and the Second Amendment gives us the right to bear arms. Sure. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, I think right underneath protecting the unborn is protecting those that are alive. You and I, our children, the you know, the born, not only the unborn to restore liberty to the unborn, but to restore liberty to those that are born, that alive. are living and yep. breathing. Absolutely. Yes, sir. And, uh, and we're going to do that by, you know, The first week I'm up there, I'm going to sponsor a bill for constitutional carry. And it's the same scenario. we got a current senator that for 27 years has not been an advocate for gun rights. And the reality is the Second Amendment gives us the right to bear arms and to protect ourselves from government government tyranny. And when I get to Columbia, we're going to make sure that we protect uh, gun owners, gun rights, um, and we're going to pass. Uh, constitutional carry we're certainly going to bring constitutional carry to the floor for us to discuss
1: yeah i think that's uh i think that would be a great um thing john and let me ask you this there were a couple of other questions i wanted to get to but i see that we're coming up against a, a break can you stick with us through the break there were a couple of other questions that i wanted to get to with you that we haven't asked yet could you stick with us for a few more minutes
5: Absolutely, thank you so much Reese. I look forward to catching you after the commercial. Yep
1: well folks, that's uh, John Goldman Senate candidate for Senate candidate for Senate District 33. We're going to take a break here a few words from our sponsors. We'll be right back after these messages with more Saturday morning coffee and John Goldman. Don't leave town.
0: Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, and more coming up next on Talk 94.5. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, on Talk 94.5.
1: Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I am your host, Reese Boyd. 7.49 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sticking with us on Saturday Morning Coffee. We're joined here on the program this morning by John Gallman. John is a candidate for South Carolina Senate, Senate District 33. Uh, That's a race including uh, the incumbent, Luke Rankin, and another challenger, Carter Smith. John is with us this morning to talk about his campaign. And just a few moments ago before the break, we were talking about the bills that John would support uh, in the Senate to pursue liberty, not just for the unborn, but also for the born. And, uh, John, I wanted to ask you, if you are elected, if you're successful in your quest for the Senate, I've long been an advocate, as long as I can remember, you've heard people talk about South Carolina as the legislative state. And I think the reality is too much of the strings of government are pulled through the legislative chambers and particularly the Senate, where there just isn't a lot of accountability because most people out in the public don't really understand the way the Senate works. A lot of senators don't even understand the way the Senate works. And uh, so it's it's been my belief for many years now that we need to de- devolve power Away from the legislature, you know, the legislative state was designed for a different era, was designed for the post-war, post-Civil War era. And I think our state government is antiquated in many respects, but in particularly that respect. So I think we need to send people to the General Assembly who are willing to devolve power to to the executive and to create a more streamlined, more modern state government that's more accountable to the people because you know who your governor is, you know, who your secretary of transportation is, you know, you know, but when massive uh, spending bills are manipulated or, or, or die or breathe by virtue of the actions of a few senators behind closed doors that you don't even get to vote for that, you know, 90% of the, 99% of the people in the state don't even get to vote for. There's very little accountability. So I've been a, I've been an advocate for many years of, of devolving power, away from the legislature, toward the governor's office. But also, there's another thing uh, that I think we need to do, which is reform the rules of the Senate to make the operation of the Senate more transparent and make it more difficult for senators to thwart bills or to do things behind the scene that never see the light of day. And like you said, you, you have to force roll call votes. Will you support efforts to make the rules of the Senate and the operation of the Senate more transparent if you're elected?
5: Absolutely, Reese. Absolutely. And I would start the starting place for that would be there's a bill that's in the Senate right now, right now, Senate Bill 285, that is stuck in the Senate Judiciary Committee that our current senator, and if he's listening, Luke Rankin, you should have got Senate Bill 285 out of your Senate Judiciary Committee a long, 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 long time ago, because you're right, Reese, we do need reform in South Carolina. And that would start with judicial reform. Our judiciary, we're one of only two states that gets our judges the way that we do here in South Carolina. That goes back to the days of, and you're exactly right, Reese, you nailed it. It goes back to the days of old Senator Pittsfork Ben Tillman Mm -hmm. and coming out of the Civil War. And we don't have a balance of powers. We have a legislatively controlled judiciary, and it is a recipe for corruption. And to that, I would say we need reform. And there's a bill that's sitting in the Senate Judiciary Committee that our current senator chair, Senate Bill 285, and he's purposely blocking it just like he blocked the heartbeat bill because he wants to continue to control and maintain power, which that power, this unbridled and unfeathered, leads us down trails like Santee Cooper, where the ratepayers are now on the hook for $9 billion, some $6,200 per household that has direct Santee Cooper and 4200 per household that has Ori Electric. Yeah. And so you're absolutely right, uh, Reese. We have to have some reforms, and that would start with, in my opinion, that would start with judicial reform, and we should follow the federal model where the governor would uh, would appoint them, and then the, the, the uh, legislative branch would then confirm uh, the, the appointees by the governor. We would hold the governor accountable, and then we would have uh, more balance. Of, there would be a, ba- a better balance of powers in our judiciary and and that's desperately needed you're absolutely right there is far too much unbridled power that leads to corruption and has led to corruption you know reese and i don't want to go down this trail too much but we had an we had something called operation lost trust and the reality is we probably need another investigation down in columbia because we did end up in a hole called or sandy cooper you know, nine nine billion dollar hole called Santee Cooper. Mm-hmm. And and folks, that's just not it's just not right. It's not right. Yeah. Uh, and we need people to give an accounting for that. Yeah. The irony of that is the same legislators that were charged with overseeing Santi Cooper are now making money through class action lawsuits on behalf of ratepayers, yourself and myself, Reese. And they're making millions of dollars off of their own failed leadership. And that's not right. In any other occupation in the world, if you cost a private company or for that money or for that matter a publicly traded company millions of dollars as an employee of that company, you would probably lose your job, not be rewarded with a big bonus. And these attorney legislators are being awarded with big bonuses through suing in the class-action lawsuit against Santee Cooper and Stanton in the nuclear debacle from their own failed leadership. Yeah, And w- our current senator is acutely aware of that, and he has sat there like as quiet as a church mouse, and it's not acceptable, Reese. And we're going to do something about it whenever I get to Columbia. Let me
1: ask you this, John, What, briefly, because we're going to be uh, uh, hitting up against another break here in a few minutes, but what, what do you think, briefly, is the best thing to do with Santee Cooper? I know there are principally three options that are on the table in the General Assembly, and I think that those are uh, to allow basically Santee Cooper to reform itself, which I sort of scratched my head at that idea. And then, of course, there's the idea to pay a third party to manage Santee Cooper for us. And I'm not exactly sure why we would do that. And then, of course, there's the option to sell it. Have you developed a position on that?
5: Here's my position on it. You're right. There's three options. We could sell it, we could reform it, or we could pay an independent third party to manage it. What I have consistently said throughout this entire race, and I said it yesterday, and I'll say it again this morning, The first thing that we need is we need an outside, independent investigation by the federal government. That's the first thing we do. And we need Lonnie Carter, the CEO of Sandy Cooper, on the bench, under oath and testifying. And we don't need a judge providing shade and cover for Lonnie Carter and the executives of Sandy Cooper. We need to know what the Public Utilities Review Committee that our current senator sits on and appoints other people to. We want them under oath. I want their testimony And I want an independent outside investigation from the federal government. And I'm going to say it, Reese, and I don't want to shock anybody, but anybody that's complicit in running this train in the ditch, we need to bring them to justice. And I'm thinking that some folks may end up in prison, Reese, and and perhaps they should. But we need answers. And so the first thing I'm going to do before we do anything is we're going to get an outside independent investigation. And I'm calling on the federal government to do that because, quite frankly, I don't trust the state leadership to get the job done, Reese.
1: Well, um, well, John, you've given us a lot to think about, and we appreciate your time. If folks want to get in touch with your campaign, how can they do that?
5: Uh, you can look me up on Facebook, John Gallman for SC Senate 33. It'll take you back to our webpage. Um, feel free to call me anytime. I, I say it all the time, morning, noon, or night, on my cell phone, 843-251-7777. And let me say this, Reese, um, It is time for us to put the people first, and that's what I intend on doing. I'm gonna give 100% of my income from this position back to the community. I'm not gonna take one dime. We're gonna give the income back to the community. I'm gonna serve the people, and we're gonna put the people first, Reese, because I truly, truly do believe that the best is yet to come for Horry County.
1: Great. John, thank you so much, folks. That's John Gallman, Senate District candidate for District 33. And we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. Don't leave town.
0: The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5.
4: If tomorrow all the things were gone
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to time. Saturday Morning Coffee, the and Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I am your host, Reese Boyd.
4: I thank my lucky stars to be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't
1: take that away. Happy Memorial Day weekend, Reese. Yes. Thank you, Glenn. Happy Memorial Day to you, sir. What a great day to be an American. It is a great day. It is also 8.06 on your Saturday morning. And we do not forget the men who died, the men and women who died, who have given us the freedom. And as we have been discussing uh, this morning, there is much unfinished work that remains before us, let us be recommitted on this Memorial Day weekend to that unfinished business to stand up for liberty, to fight for freedom, so that, as Abraham Lincoln famously observed, these honored dead will not have died in vain. Uh, Before the break, we were talking to John Gallman. I want to thank John for uh, giving us a bit of his time this morning. One of the things we were talking about was uh, Santee Cooper, and we have talked about uh, Santi Cooper on this program uh, many times in the past. It is an ongoing issue. The COVID-19 pandemic has focused attention elsewhere, and the General Assembly has not made much progress on that issue uh, this year as it was supposed to be. If y'all will think back to the items that were supposed to be legislative priorities for 2020, Santee Cooper was at the top of the list or near the top, it was in the top three that that I was told among the lists that were circulating. Of course, there has not been a great deal of progress made on uh, Santee Cooper. We've had uh, much discussion about the famous three options that, are, that have been debated in the General Assembly, but not much has been done. Wanted to remind you all, since we last spoke about the issue, and of course, John had some very strong words on the subject today, and I don't know that uh, we yet know all the details. I'm confident that we don't. But this goes back to April. Speaker Jay Lucas sent a letter to Santee Cooper. This has been in my stack for some time. We've not had an opportunity to get to Santee Cooper. Santee Cooper is, uh, according to Jay Lucas, he, he sent the following letter to Santee Cooper back in April. Let me be clear. Now, this is the This is a letter from... Jay Lucas, the Speaker of the House, to the board of Santee Cooper. Let me be explicitly clear. This is the words of the Speaker of the House, Jay Lucas, South Carolina Speaker of the House. If state law gave me or the House of Representatives the authority, I would seek the immediate and unqualified removal of each member of the Santee Cooper board and the dismissal for cause of the entire senior management. Unfortunately for the people of South Carolina, I do not have that authority. However, I do predict and will applaud your ultimate removal from your positions in the appropriate uh, manner. So there are many in the House that are uh, fired up about the Santee Cooper issue. I sense that there has been more posturing in the Senate. Uh, Surprise, surprise. As you heard John Goldman say, if he's elected, it will be. His uh, one of his priorities to uh, address that issue. So we'll be interested to see what happens. Sooner or later, things will begin to get back to normal, and we will see what happens there. But right now I want to talk about another issue that has been sort of on the back burner lately because of the pandemic, and that is the uh, operation and the activities of uh, the uh, folks involved with stop offshore drilling in the Atlantic. You probably have seen bumper stickers on cars in the area that say "Soda." And the uh, and there's a, a little I think a little oil derrick in the middle of it with an X across it, and it says uh, soda on the on the sticker, and soda stands for stop offshore drilling in the Atlantic. We are joined uh, here on the show today by the Reverend Jim Watkins. Jim is identified uh, by Soda as their core team leader. I also saw him referenced as the president in a couple of uh, press releases. So, uh, Jim, are you uh, with us? Can you hear me? I surely can. Well, thanks for joining us this morning on Saturday Morning Coffee. Welcome to the program. Have you got your coffee going?
6: Well, I, 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 I do. I'm right here sitting in my, uh, I'm assuming you're in a studio of some kind. We we I'm, are. <laughs> well, well, I'm sitting out here on my front porch with my coffee looking at Holly's Creek.
1: Well, very good.
6: With With, with birds everywhere.
1: Well, I am glad that you joined us, Jim. I've been following with interest the activities of Soda, and I, it occurred to me as I saw Soda put out various uh, publications this week via email in terms of uh, recommendations for the upcoming June 9 primaries. And so, I thought it would be a good time for you to come on the show and update us about. First of all, for those of for those who may not be up to speed on the issue, uh, tell us a little bit about soda what it is why it came to be and and what the mission okay. of soda is
6: okay i i will before i do that as you were talking about memorial day uh i, I need to share i want to share something sure absolutely pers- personally uh the uh, as you know from my my uh, interesting background you know at, at one point i was an infantry officer and the very last thing I did before I le- left active duty was to be an escort officer for a young man who died in, in Vietnam, and uh, be, w- we be with his 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 uh, his body as it returned to uh, Chester, South Carolina. Uh, never met him, but I got to know him really well because escort officers are charged with responsibility of of being with the body whenever uh, it, uh, the public is, is there. So I really got to know his hometown and his family and then I went with the body up to Arlington and had the honor of presenting the flag that had been on his casket to his mom. And that's what I'm thinking about this Memorial Day and uh, all the folks out there, many of whom are, are still nameless. And anyway, yeah. I, I thank Thank you I, for that. Yeah. Need to share that. Uh, soda. Stop offshore drilling in the Atlantic. And, uh, it, soda.southcarolina.com. S-O-D-A dot C dot com. That's our go there. and You can find out lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. But but uh, when we began to hear uh, that uh, there's a possibility of there being seismic testing and uh, oil drilling, offshore oil drilling in the Atlantic um, off the South Carolina coast. Um, A group of folks got together uh, five and a half years ago, and we had met every uh, two weeks, lately by Zoom, of course, uh, for for over five and a half years with the mission of... uh, uh, stopping offshore drilling, uh, seismic testing, offshore drilling. Um, We're an a, a, a all-volunteer, nonpartisan, grassroots organization. We try to accomplish our mission through education and advocacy. Uh, I've, I've worked with a lot of different uh, groups in my, my life, but this is right up there on the top of the most able uh, uh, group of folks, dedicated group of folks I've worked with. We include uh, uh, realtors, attorneys, uh, clergy like me, uh, the uh, uh, people who have worked in the the energy field, uh, the first woman to head up an oil rig in the Gulf, uh, people who... uh, represent, uh, uh, small business, um, just a remarkable, remarkable group of people. Mm-hmm. And I can't, can't say enough about them and their dedication. Yeah. Uh, and really want to stress, uh, uh the nonpartisan nature of what we do and what we found out. Uh, you, you mentioned, um, I'll get, i want to share, um, uh, where we are right now,
1: mm-hmm.
6: from from several perspectives. Uh, 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 latest, briefly, Jim, mm-hmm. give
1: us give us a quick uh, recap. But I'm going to let you come back after the break. But yeah, g- give us a brief synopsis of where we are now.
6: Okay, uh, uh, in turn, legally, uh, the lawsuit from 19 South Carolina coastal cities uh, and towns joined by the state of South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Uh, has just now received the last of the documents uh, that the National Marine Fisheries Service was ordered to uh, provide.
4: Mm -hmm. took
6: a while to get all the documents. Uh, And now the legal folks are going through those documents uh, with the the notion that the decision uh, uh, to lease uh, to issue the uh, uh, incidental harassment authorizations that allow seismic companies to operate off our coast—that is, how many marine animals are you going to kill?
1: <laughs> yeah. Jim, we've got to—we've got a take—we've got to take a quick break to hear from our uh-huh. sponsors. But I, I've got a few more questions for you. We want to hear a little bit more about stop offshore drilling in the Atlantic. So stick with us, if you will, folks, and we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more. Jim Watkins and Saturday Morning Coffee. Don't leave town.
0: Saturday Morning Coffee. Call the show at 843 903 2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Returns after these on Talk 94.5. Saturday Morning Coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours, full hours on Talk
2: 94.5. Got a girl from the south side, got brazen hair. First time I seen her walk by, and I about fell up by my chair. Had to get her number like six weeks.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I am Reese Boyd, your host. We are joined here on the program this morning by the Reverend Jim Watkins. Reverend Watkins is the president of these groups stop offshore drilling in the atlantic before the break jim we were talking about the status of litigation there obviously has been quite a bit of litigation that the group has participated in uh, that soda has been involved with to help keep efforts to commence drilling offshore on the atlantic off our coast in check also i wanted That's to talk correct. to you briefly about uh, i believe every basically every coastal municipality beach town along the south carolina coast yep has enacted local resolutions or ordinances supporting the efforts of soda and opposing offshore drilling if i'm not mistaken i wanted to mention that, that. Is, go yeah, ahead
6: that is that is correct and the lawsuit that's going on is in on their behalf
1: and and so so where where is the issue now i know the lawsuit is pending but what what realistically where is the where are the points of contact on the issue what are, what are we what are we fighting or how are, how are we engaging the issue at this moment
6: Okay, at this moment again, uh, the our legal folks have the documents that they now need to that they need to get begin to uh, move forward mm-hmm. and they're studying those documents now okay uh, the, um, uh, in terms of uh, state uh, the one thing the the state was able to do the legislature was able to do when they came back. Quickly, as you mentioned earlier in another segment, came back quickly to do a few things. One was to pass the state budget, and there's a, uh, an ongoing proviso in that budget that would, in essence, prohibit any state funds going toward uh, onshore oil and gas production infrastructure. The that uh, Senator Campson down in uh, Charleston, Charleston? Has been mm-hmm. very yeah, very helpful uh, in that, and uh, Representative. Uh, McCoy in the house has been very helpful. Uh, so for the next year budget year, uh, that is that provides always in, in effect. The idea being that if we if, it's, if, if there can't be infrastructure, uh, storage facilities, uh, pipeline, all that stuff, then it'll be more difficult to pursue drilling. Okay. Uh, and in the next legislative session when they do come back, uh, there will be a move uh, that uh, was was on its way before everything got stopped uh, to make that budget proviso into uh, legislation. Permanent law. Permanent law.
1: Yeah. Okay.
6: And so that's a good thing. Uh, federally, there was a Cunningham down in Charleston uh, introduced legislation that did pass the. House, uh, they would call for a permanent moratorium on drilling, and uh, uh, that's still hanging out there. Uh, the, uh, as we talk about the importance of uh, uh, public policy decisions, I want to remind folks that the most powerful phrase in, in the public arena is, I am your constituent, and this is election time. So one of the things that we do during election time is that we survey all the candidates first in the primary, for the primary election, and then for the general election in November. And we ask them uh, where do they stand on seismic testing, where do they stand on offshore drilling, mm-hmm. and and what concretely, what have they done concretely to stop mm-hmm. both testing and drilling? And uh, again, if you go to soda.sc.com, you will find the complete survey uh, and results of the survey in Horry, Ori Georgetown the, the area, and then statewide and stuff like that.
1: And, and Jim, uh, Jim, if I may, let me note, and I am I'm not one to uh, I don't want to uh, <laughs> critique my guest. You're the expert on soda sc, but I am looking at the website now, and I just don't want folks to be confused. I do not see a dot according to what my web browser is pointing to right now the address is soda sc dot com yes well okay. either way apparently oh okay
6: uh, okay you know, good whatever whatever works
1: yeah whatever works <laughs> all right <laughs> if you if you google <laughs> i will tell you this if you google stop offshore drilling in the atlantic it will take you to the website so that's
6: right that's right okay and uh and we also have people, and I am not one of them, who are computer experts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're not talking to one either, so don't feel bad. Yes, don't feel bad.
6: So we we have people who really know that stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, and those candidate and, surveys are on the website. I'm looking at yeah. those right now. You've got federal, Senate, federal house, uh, South right. Carolina Senate and House candidates, and then of course the section for Ori and Georgetown counties.
6: That's that's correct. And if they, they made no responses, it's, it's, we we we're simply putting back into the public uh, that which they gave to us. And so sure. if they didn't give us anything, we just saved more response. Yeah. But uh, it really is important for folks to be engaged in, 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 in citizenship. And part of what it means, uh, I, I love the song that you started out with, uh, and Memorial Day is a good time to remind folks that we all have a responsibility to be good citizens, and part of that means to participate in elections and to and, and to communicate with those who represent us and let them know what we think about things.
4: Absolutely, and yeah. and if
6: if, if, if if this is an issue where I, I have seen the power of the constituency at work, and it, it's a good thing. And I would urge people who who haven't done so to contact those who represent them and let them know what they think about drilling and, and, and testing. Um,
1: I, I couldn't agree with you more, Jim, and I've always been impressed by the power of the grassroots effort that Soda has mobilized. You guys have been extremely effective, and I would encourage people to check out the website soda sodasc.com uh, or soda.sc.com. <laughs> one of those, one of those two will work It'll or, work. or you there. <laughs> yeah, you'll get there. Or as we said, you can Google stop offshore drilling in the Atlantic, but you guys have a lot of great information on there about offshore drilling, the economics of tourism versus oil and gas, uh, about yes. seismic air gun blasting. It's a very informative website. Um, I also see on here, uh Jim that there's an email address that folks can contact you guys on it's so yep. soda team at soda sc.com yeah. is that is that a good way to be That's in touch correct. If, okay That's all right. correct
6: you can get on our newsletter list and uh, again I cannot stress enough that uh, uh how important that is to, yeah uh, and, uh, and
1: Go ahead. No, I I just was just going to say I I think this is a very important issue, and obviously the the folks who have come out along the coast uh, to support you guys in your efforts, I think, speak to how important uh, this issue is, but I didn't didn't mean to cut you off there. Was there any any parting comments you wanted to share?
6: Yeah, and I just, in this age of contention and all, uh, one thing that has made me feel good is people of all kinds of uh, perspectives on lots of issues had joined together as one in this on this issue. You know? Yeah, I agree. And, and that's important, uh, really is important for us to discover again on this Memorial Day what it means uh, to be uh, a member, of, be a part of this great country. Amen. Part of, and for us, for me, Part of what that means is to uh, be be conservative when it comes to creation. You know, we are to 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 be careful to
4: take care of that which we have been given. Absolutely.
6: And, and but now, as as you know, I'm i retired minister, so I'll stop preaching. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> well,
1: you and, you and I had that discussion, uh, Jim, in conservation. Uh, and conservatism yeah. are are yeah. the essentially uh, rooted in the same uh, thought, and I think we are stewards. Uh, we are charged to be stewards of the environment that we have been given. Right. And uh, I just want to thank you for your time. I think that's a great way to wrap up. And uh, folks, well, thank you, thank you, Jim. And that, folks, that's Reverend Jim Watkins with Stop Offshore Drilling in the Atlantic. And we encourage you to reach out to those folks and support their efforts. And thank you again, Jim. Folks, we'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee.
0: Local news and more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee coming up next on Talk 94.5. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.
3: In a cave below the ground, way down, it's cold and it's dark But I it knows his way around, and the mazes of the underground are no match for him
4: But it looks just like a traveler who hasn't showered in a while I've been living
1: in the ground Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, 835 on your Saturday morning. You're deep into the bonus second cup hour of Saturday Morning Coffee. Thank you guys for sticking with us. Like a traveler who hasn't showered in a while. That's what I feel like, Glenn. <laughs> well, you haven't shaved in a while. I haven't I shaved that. in a while. I haven't showered Did, in a while. You didn't even notice
2: I got a haircut. I, I noticed actually. I just had I to, had to get up and be there at eight a.m. in order to get a haircut. That's the earliest haircut I've you're ever. had You're looking in my high
1: life. and tight. I started uh, to say something and we got interrupted by a call or something. But you're uh, looking high and tight. I'm. I'm I, I, a little personal uh, achievement. Have a haircut schedule for Tuesday. Oh, good for you.
2: So the Grizzly
1: Adams look is going to go away. (laughs) My wife has told me you'll be getting a haircut on Tuesday. There will be a shave. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what uh, we'll see what Tuesday brings. But I'm very excited. It's almost like Christmas. It is. I I was so excited. I'm like, finally, I'll, I'll be clean shaven. I'll have a haircut. I got that done, then I headed to the chiropractor, and then
2: I headed to an install for Shades and Shutters. So. Well, you're
1: good to go. Yeah, I,
2: I rolled that day. It was a really busy day. Hey, I wanted to point out that, yeah. okay, the golf course guy, um, he's uh, texted us this morning about the Murph. The Murph, yeah. The Murph Challenge. It, here's the challenge. It's a one-mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, and then another mile to run. Yeah, it's he's not an, an easy workout.
1: Will, he says it will push you to the limit. I think that, yeah, that is the limit for many of us.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think I'll be participating in that. <laughs> it's that. Um, it's that one-mile run, you know, with the, that ankle and the foot got turned around backwards. I don't run like I used to, so um, yeah, I won't be doing that.
1: Yeah, and I want to, again, thank um, Reverend Jim Watkins for joining us on uh, the show to talk about soda and the efforts to stop offshore drilling in the Atlantic. Appreciate uh, what they're doing. Also, I want to give a shout-out to the climbers. The climbers have texted in this morning saying they actually think that it's uh, not a bad idea. So there, I realize there are two sides to it. Uh, This debate. But again, I would uh, I would note that every town where the issue has come up on the coast, uh, as far as I'm aware, uh, every town has voted to oppose it. And I think there are some uh, there are some risks that can't be uh, that can't be accounted for, can't be isolated. And Mm -hmm. it's a a question. I I think it's a question, frankly, of where we are in terms of our energy independence, if we really needed that oil to mm-hmm. be energy independent if there were gas lines. Yeah, since I mean, Trump's been in office, yeah. we haven't really needed it uh, any, have uh, one. So, But, <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I do want to thank uh, Reverend Watkins for coming on and, and sharing with us about the efforts of uh, stop offshore drilling in the Atlantic. One of the things we did not uh, get to wrap up were all the bits in my COVID-19 stack, uh, Glenn. One of the things I wanted to point out is the CDC did issue a story this week uh, saying that uh, COVID-19, after all, cannot be transmitted Through surfaces. Now, remember, it wasn't that long ago that we were all being told that the thing could live. The virus could live on uh, various surfaces for three days or more. Now the CDC is telling us the virus does it basically spreads person to person from being around people who are infected. And this release from the CDC, uh, I have it on May 22nd. Uh, Says that the virus does not spread easily in other ways. Uh, The COVID 19 is a new disease and we are still learning about how it spreads. Imagine that, Glenn. I can touch my face. We are still learning. (laughs) I got to find I can't feel my face. I know. I can't. I I have no idea what my face feels like. (laughs) I've forgotten. It can be spread in other ways, but these are not thought to be the main ways the virus spreads, from touching surfaces or objects. It may be possible that a person can get COVID-19 by touching a surface or an object that has the virus on it and then touching their own mouth, nose, or possibly their eyes. This, however, is not thought to be the main way the virus spreads. But, again, this is the CDC We are still learning more about this virus. And I just it reminds me of the many things. And again, I want to remind you guys, it wasn't that long ago that the Surgeon General was saying, seriously, people stop buying masks. They don't do anything. Then it was barely a month later that certain governors were basically ordering folks not to leave home without them. Mm -hmm. And we had Dr. The infamous uh, Dr. Fauci this week came on the air and said, uh, no, we don't need to lock down forever. This is the same Dr. Fauci who said a few weeks ago that we should lock down until there are no new cases. Right. Which is a categorically insane mm-hmm. statement. Let me just point that out. I mean, we may be old and gray, Glenn, before there are. Oh, any, not now. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we will more than likely be old and gray before there are zero new cases of COVID, okay. COVID-19. Okay further, even this week. And, and so the question becomes, as we were discussing at the beginning of the program, Glenn, I think now we move into COVID-19 2.0. And the first question is, is there going to be a 2.0? And um, I think that's certainly a possibility. Uh, the Obama administration, uh, this from May 22nd, uh, scientists from the Obama administration are warning that the U.S. has three months before the second wave of COVID-19 infections erupt. Erupt. Scientists from the Obama administration are warning the U.S. has three months before the second wave of COVID-19 infections begin. In their seven-page report, the group of nine scientists are advising the nation to restock on medical supplies before the fall and not to count on a vaccine being developed. And uh, there's uh, various other comments about the CDC and some fear-mongering on the issue. But I want to note that Dr. Burks, the infamous Dr. Scarf, reported this week that uh, reported coronavirus death tolls may be overstated by a factor of 25%. Really? Yeah.
2: I like her scarves. You like her scarves? She's She's a classy gal. Yeah. I, I,
1: I say Dr. Scarf partly in jest yeah. because yeah. the scarves are so noteworthy. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. noteworthy, right? Yeah. So, but yeah it's an interesting question because glenn the question that we were discussing at the beginning of the program was how do we take we, we obviously sweep away these models which were grossly inaccurate we replace that with real data but now the there is a real bias at work to as we have discussed on this program many times to overstate the death toll to mm-hmm. overstate the impact of COVID 19 to continue to justify these harsh measures again the two parties that have primarily Benefited from all this, which we need to keep in mind, the Democratic Party and China, Mm -hmm. not coincidentally. uh, Dr. Burks did say this week, this from the Daily Caller on May 11, that uh, the White House Coronavirus Task Force Response Coordinator, and I don't know why this didn't get more attention until last week, believes that some official COVID-19 statistics like death tolls may be inflated by up to 25%. Dr. Burks criticized the method that the CDC has used to collect data. She says there is nothing from, this is Dr. Burks's own words, there is nothing from the CDC that I can trust, Burks reportedly told CDC director Robert Redfield. Burks told the Post in a statement that mortality is slowly declining each day and that the, the, the focus now should be on protecting Americans who are older and have pre-existing health conditions that make them vulnerable. And again, yeah. that's like we said, use common sense. Yeah. But we have to fashion policies that are based on accurate data. We don't. We've kind of done away with the models. Nobody, you're not hearing about model projections anymore. We're talking about actual data. But again, is the data accurate, or is the data being uh, influenced or biased? And Dr. Burks has said. We. She further said we've taken a very liberal approach to mortality. Why would? And this question from David Horowitz in Conservative Review. Why would our governing elites be so motivated? to overstate the impact of COVID-19 and scare people beyond the unprecedented levels of panic that are already pervasive in the country. Believe it or not, the coronavirus epidemic does not stop deaths from other causes. While politicians are shutting down other medical care, they fail to recognize that life and even death go on. Many of us have been concerned with what we are, that they have been conflating deaths due to coronavirus with deaths, with other deaths of those who have the coronavirus but succumb to other illnesses. And that's part of the, the issue for the overstatement. So essentially, and as we've talked on this program many times, we a skydiver was killed, yeah. but he tested positive for COVID-19. So they attributed his death as a COVID-19 related yeah, death. Probably affected his mind, oh, jumping yeah. out of a perfectly good airplane. Yeah. Why you know? would you jump out of a perfectly, yeah, a perfectly, good, perfectly good airplane? Good airplane. I, you
2: know, um, real quick, you know, the sens- sensationalizing of the news, which this fits perfectly because the COVID-19 was sensationalized. If you looked at um, CNN, MSNBC, which I happened to this week, check in on them. What are you all talking about? They were mainly talking about COVID while Fox was talking about the Flynn
1: yeah. episode. So oh, yeah. They're still they talking were, about
2: that. MSNBC and CNN were not talking about Flynn. Yeah.
1: And, folks, we've got a caller on the line. Glenn, I think we've got a caller who's been patiently waiting for us to uh, bring him on the air. Ferris, are you with us this morning? I am. Good Ferris. Morning. Ferris, good to hear from you, my friend. How are you this morning?
3: Uh, very nicely, thank you. And I would like to just mention that uh, all gave some and some gave all. And it's Memorial Day that celebrates the, the men who gave all. You know, Lee Greenwood says in his song, you play a song, it says... Uh, talks about our freedoms and he says that he says they can't take that away well they just took it away okay amen Let, let's let's wake up and smell the coffee Do you ever talk about coffee in the coffee hour
1: we talk we talk about a lot about coffee ferris and we also have talked about how our freedoms are being taken away this morning many times as i'm yeah. sure you've heard
3: now last time i heard the uh, lee greenwood uh song it was sung at the uh at the bellamy winery up in little river oh yeah and uh the singer said uh and let's uh, remember the folks who died. Right? He changed the words of the song. You see, political correctness. You mentioned the men and women who've died. Uh, political correctness has killed us. And I'd just like to point out something Aristotle said. Did he know much? Aristotle said masculine republics give way to feminine democracy." And feminine democracies give way to tyranny. You talked about tyranny earlier in the show. And the way you get tyranny is taking a government formed by the founding fathers. There were no founding mothers. And you bring women in one by one by one by one until they run the whole show, like in Nevada, which now has a legislature comprised of more women than men. What could go wrong there?
1: What could go wrong there? We get
3: voting by mail. What? I, I know. I'm, I'm
1: listening. I'm listening. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, well, see, thanks to your station, WTKN's A Great Station, it allows me to talk on Dennis Prager during the male-female hour. Mm-hmm. And I encourage the listeners to get Dennis Prager in the male-female hour, and he'll explain how this country has gone to hell because men have given up their positions of leadership to women. In In uh, Washington, D.C., there's a yep. thing called Rolling Thunder, which was every year. Until now when they made a woman in charge of the AMV AMVds ran the rolling thunder. Now guess what? There's no more rolling thunder. No more rolling guess thunder. What? There's no more Boy Scouts of America. How yeah. about the Boy Scouts of America? Can we talk about them? Yeah, Ferris I would I, I think you
1: raise, Ferris you raise a lot of good points. We've got to go into a break. I agree with many of the things you've said. I think we are failing as a culture to teach men how to be men. I think we are emasculating our children and our young boys in particular, and I think we're going to pay a price for that. Um, I do think there is a place for women in leadership, but uh, I think you do raise a lot of excellent points. Thank you for the call, folks. We've got to take a brief message, a break for messages from our sponsors, but we'll be right back with the final segment of Saturday Morning Coffee. Thanks for sticking with us. We'll be right back. Don't leave town.
0: Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5.
4: Alright stop. Collaborate and listen. Ice is back with my brand new adventure something. Grab some older meats,
5: I flowing like an awful. Daily and nightly Will it ever stop ya?
3: I don't know Turn off the lights and I'll go to the extreme I rock a bike like a man, i up a stage and write a chart Like a do dance Caress a speaker that booms I'm killing your brain like a poisonous Mushroom deadly
2: Yeah, man, now we I get back, a a back to, to the Reese Boyd Radio Show and Saturday Morning Coffee, man.
1: Yeah, man, you're getting very Good at that, man. Thank you, man. Welcome Back, folks, to Saturday Morning Coffee I can't believe two hours are That's over That's amazing. Uh, Glenn, 8.52 On your Saturday morning and your two hours. Our edition of Saturday Morning Coffee is wrapping up. Andy's chiming in saying the hours have flown by. Yes, they have. Andy, as a matter of fact, I want to tell you, folks, all of you who have texted in, uh, every time I try to text y'all back, I'm getting a message that we are over quota on our messages. So I'm not ignoring mm. it, but I have not been able to reply this morning. But I want to circle back to the topic we opened the show with. There was much more that we want to get uh, to today. We just didn't get a chance to get to it all I had some more COVID-19 uh, thoughts I wanted to share, um, more thoughts on liberty and, and tyrannical governors. We will ultimately get to that. Uh, the, the conversation will continue. It must continue. I also wanted to talk to you a little bit about Michael Flynn and the FBI. We just didn't get a chance to get to that today, but we'll save that for next week. As I prepared for the Memorial Day weekend, folks, as I thought about uh, the orig- origining, uh, origination, the origins, excuse me, of the holiday, and I went back to the Civil War, thought immediately of lincoln and the infamous, uh, the famous address at gettysburg and and it reminded me of the unfinished work that the american revolution and the fight for freedom is an ongoing struggle and I just, as we often do on this, uh, this uh, program, I go back to the historical documents that remind us of the greatness of this country and what this country is all about. And I just want to take a moment to share with you guys uh, the Gettysburg Address uh, that Lincoln gave, which is just a model of brevity. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. have consecrated it far beyond our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us, the living rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that those that from those honored did we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion. That we here highly resolve that these honored dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. Words to think about, folks, on this Memorial Day weekend. I want to play as a special tribute to all of our vets excuse me all of our all of our families of service members who have given the ultimate sacrifice one of my favorite versions of america the beautiful this is the one and only ray charles and i want you guys to listen to the words here on saturday morning coffee
2: who more than self
1: Folks, that's the great Ray Charles in honor of everyone who has ever donned a a uniform and in honor of those who have paid the ultimate price so that I could have the freedom to stand here and say these words. May we all remember those sacrifices this weekend and this Memorial Day Monday. May we take increased devotion to that cause that remains before us, folks, which is protecting the liberty for which they gave the ultimate sacrifice. Let me leave you with this bit of wisdom from the Proverbs as we always do. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. Y'all have a blessed Memorial Day weekend. We'll be back next week with more Saturday morning coffee.